If you haven't signed up for the Discord channel, please do so at MajorDomoMedia.com. We also have a website that is in beta at MajorDomo.tv. Check us out. We have a wonderful community. We have great discount codes. Uh, if you want some last-minute Christmas shopping, visit us uh, for our links to any day, to Comet to Coffee, to Athletic Brewing. Uh, we still have a great discount for Roy's Panettone. That's a Christmas present that, if it's late, it's still going to be fucking fantastic. And all things Momofuku at shop.momofuku.com. We have great discount codes. And all things Momofuku, if you can't go to our Target or Whole Foods, you can get it mail ordered to you, delivered to your door, uh, our noodles or chili crunch or soy sauces, etc. cetera. Uh, now onto the show. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit-free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit-free. Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dummy Media. We got a two-parter for you today. It is an end of the year moif. We rambled on for a good bit that we're going to split this up into two podcasts. So uh, we talk about a whole host of subjects and um, happy holidays to you guys. Hope you guys enjoy this and we'll see you guys in the new year. I've had so many conversations with Chris the past couple of weeks. I have no idea if it's conversations that we've already recorded, <laughs> if they've been on work Zoom calls, uh, just one-on-one, I have no idea. It's now blended into a dreamlike state, um, like a Christopher Nolan film. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. It's 100% true. I'm also a little bit foggy because I had a, a Christmas party yesterday, and um, I went to a Hello. Christmas Excuse party. Excuse me. Yeah. Give us, yeah. Give us, give us yeah, a give taste. Us a- yeah, I, I had some cocktails last night. I also, I also was given, I feel like I was dosed. I was given a chocolate, but it wasn't a chocolate. It was a psilocybin chocolate. Oh, oh, oh. how was your dosage of, of psilocybin chocolate? Like just an upper or did you like start to see? see no, it was definitely a, just an upper, but it's enough where the brain fog of this morning was like, oh, <laughs> that's what happened last night. Did you get dressed up? So I, uh, Chrissy had a Christmas ugly sweater party mm-hmm. and Grace and I bought ugly sweaters when we went to Disneyland on the way home. That they had this beautiful Ewok sweater. Oh, you got oh, one! Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's it's really gorgeous. No joke, Noel. The Changs were like on a mission at yeah. Disneyland to find this sweater for I need to, I need to and see Grace photos bought, of this. Grace bought an extra large child one, and it is, it is also just so good looking. It's just like it's very Duchampian, I think. Is it is it ugly? 
or is it beautiful? You know what I mean? Right. But this was the party we talked about last time where you couldn't go. Because I was sick as a dog. And I was like, you know what? I just bought this goddamn sweater. And I got to try it it. out. You tried it out. And I, I let the organizers know that I was a little shocked that I couldn't wear an ugly sweater and I was going to do it in defiance of the dress code. But then <laughs> what was it? Me was that it black I don't tie? know the other guy. Ga- it was formal and I didn't know okay. any of the other attendees. I knew that I know probably some people, but I didn't want to be that Rodney Dangerfield. So I wussed out at the last second and I'm really disappointed in myself. Um, oh, you were somebody. Show somebody did wear a tuxedo, and I thought that was pretty cool. They wound up getting <laughs> fabulously drunk, and I was like, "That's <laughs> that's how you do it." Fabulously drunk is a good mm. phrase. So mm-hmm. you, but did you see anybody else there who had thwarted the dress code and just like thrown caution and worn ugly? Some sweater, people or would you have been? didn't read the the invitation closely enough. So I think there was some people that just showed up, and they were a little bit irritated. That they were underdressed. And I have to say, probably one of the very few times in my life that I was not the underdressed person. Well, look at that. Mm. How are the um how are the non-hallucinogenic edibles at this party? Did you eat anything good? Anything yeah, seasonally appropriate? I have you know what there was a lobster roll. And I last night I said in all of my stupidity, I haven't had a lobster roll since pre-pandemic. And then I was like, no, we were in Gloucester Mass over the summer. You had many lobster rolls since yeah. the pandemic. Was this delicious? Your... It was the best food, party food I think I've ever had. Whoa. It was all seafood wow. based. Okay. That's fun. And I was like, wow, the food was really tremendously good. And the yeah. star of the show were these uh, empanada like pigs in a blanket, but with like really nice sausages. But the shell <sighs> was an empanada wrapped around looking like it was puff pastry, but it wasn't. Beautiful. Whoa. It was like a sausage roll by way of Mexico. And that was a small one. They had a larger one that was a vegetarian and everyone thought that was the meat one, but it was some kind of meat, you know, homemade farce type of thing. It was delicious. There was oysters, tuna. I was, I was, it, it was really good. I, Did you I, uh, drink any eggnog? Did you defy your, your own rules? There was no eggnog there. Okay. But I did have a cigarette last night. Oh, Mr. Chang. That means Mr. Chang tied one on. You tied one on if you had cigarette. I know that about you. You know what I said, too? This is another state of euphoria that I said. And I remember I said, got to say, everybody, this is the highlight of my year. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) As far as rolls out of his seat. Wow, this is, I was like, guys. I I just love smoking cigarettes, and this is the highlight of my year. I haven't had one in like two years. This is just just so good. Oh my god! Nothing since Mad Men has made cigarette smoking seem as attractive as just like this is the highlight of my year. My one cigarette. It, it was. It gave me so much joy to make my lungs hurt. It hurt, and I was like, "There's nothing joyous about that pain," but I'm like. There's nothing good about this. This is so bad, yet feels so right. Here's a question. Yeah. When you, when you, I assume you bummed this cigarette off somebody. Mm, somebody else did. who was smoking it. Were you, did you catch the brand and were you surprised by the brand this person was smoking? Did it you was an American spirit, uh-huh. which has never been my thing. Cause like, if you're going to smoke cigarettes, I don't understand why it would be the healthy version. <laughs> <laughs> The quote-unquote healthy version. Oh, there's another uh, just like, once again, highlights. 
It's not. It's not the, just for any kids listening. American spirits are not the healthy cigarette. Just. <laughs> the other thing that I found to be really unbelievably stupid of me was to people that I didn't know. And again, the state of mind I was in, I was explaining that. I was like, hey, this is really bad. There's unequivocally, this is so bad for you. Uh, I was talking to a recovering high, like multi-pack a day smoker who had a patch and chewing nicotine gum. <laughs> and, I, and I was trying to explain to this person, it's, it's a weird thing to encourage young cooks, but it's a good thing to start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> God, <laughs> <you> start- <laughs> so insane. <laughs> and I've tried to explain this before, and no, I don't condone this whatsoever. Zero. <laughs> I think. Do you remember? Do you remember in the Princess Bride where he keeps on saying that's inconceivable, and then the guy's like, "I don't think you understand the meaning of that <laughs> word." Like, I think that you don't understand the word <laughs> condone because what you are doing right now is repeatedly condoning smoking. I'm not. I, I was saying, like, can I be extremely contradictory here? I, I, I think. What I was trying to explain is when you start cooking professionally, I think you are shocked by the amount of acid and salt and fat that goes into food. Whether you're cooking French or Asian, it doesn't matter. And the flavors is just so overwhelming that you do it so sparingly, I think, to start. Then smoking cigarettes, besides being horrendous for your health, and I hope my cardiologist is not listening to this because I just checked off. I haven't had a cigarette in like four years. It kills your palate to the point where it deadens it to the point where you have to learn how to add more than you normally thought was possible. And I think there is actually a weird trajectory that many of the great chefs of the world were all former cigarette smokers in their early formative years as a cook. And then you stop. I don't, I think it, to a point it's so, it, it, I don't even know how to explain the, the, the contradiction here. It's actually, I think there's any way to kill your palate to a certain degree, as asinine as it sounds, Right. To a degree, what you're trying to recreate is that moment where you're like, oh, I can't taste anything as it is because my normal sort of taste buds is sort of like wants less salt, less fat, Hmm. less heat. But as you learn, you sort of deaden your palate anyway because you're tasting it so much that you start – it's like spinal tap. You take it to 11. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're calibrating for a professional level. How come – can you – But you also can taste food. I can taste food made by somebody that smokes cigarettes. And it's killed their palate. And I'm like, this is gross. Stop. You need to recalibrate your palate or stop smoking altogether. Like, I don't condone it at all. I really don't. Hmm. But I'm simply saying there's a pattern of really good people with really great palates as a cook when they smoked at a former part of their life. But chef, you told me to start smoking palates when I started cooking. (laughs) I am not saying smoke cigarettes. Or am I saying smoke cigarettes? Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I'm glad you had a good time at your holiday holiday gathering. Man, I don't know. The, this this Dave Chang sentimental best best thing of the year. My, best, my highlight of the year was smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and I said that. <laughs> We've got 10 days to go before the year's out. You finally found it. You finally yeah. found some happiness. Uh, Noel, what would you... Uh, I feel like it's been a little while since we've had Noel... In, in the chair here, what would you say your highlight? Could you could you narrow the highlight of your 2022 down to a single thing you smoked? A single moment? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm sure I say this at the end of every year, but this year seems particularly long to me in oh the sense God. that looking at January and February is like 
a whole, it feels like a whole other decade. Yeah, it, it, like, it was because it's schizophrenic as hell. It was, <laughs> the world is still dying. It still is dying from COVID, but like December of last year was pretty bleak. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, to give you guys context, do you realize that we started out this year, 2022, with the challenge? Like your skinny boy challenge, my MRE <laughs> challenge, like that was this year, which. Oh, oh, wait till we have, what till we uh, start off in January, folks? Just saying. The, the wheel of constraint. <laughs> no, this is an interminably long year. Long year, many moments, but I, yeah, I can't pinpoint mine, but Chris, can you pinpoint yours? The highlight of my entire year, I couldn't, I mean, like the fact that Chang the, can, can pinpoint it down to a single American spirit is impressive. Let me go, because uh, what I mean is, is it, it gave me so much joy. It was so joy enriching <laughs> that, I, that I felt the need to just say that out loud and, uh, you know. Declare I, mean, victory. I, I, I mean, those are those are like, even if it's my not next coaching session with Marshall, I'm going to say like, what was your last time you declared victory when I had an American spirit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you mean, though. It's like in that moment, OK, maybe if you went back and did like a rigorous study of your entire year and every moment you lived like there were and you ranked them, maybe the cigarette wouldn't be at the top of the list. But recognizing a moment in that moment as like a truly happy, joyous you know, five minutes. I think that's, I think that's an important thing to do. And I'm like looking back through my photos right now. and like, I don't know what the highlight of the year was. Something to do with my kids. Yeah. I made a Look. lot of brown food. I, I cleaned a lot of poop up. <laughs> oh Maybe I need an American spirit. Maybe that's what, what this was is all your telling me. Top song on Spotify. Oh my God. Oh God. Let me look it up. Let me look I'm it up. I'm going to tell you right now. Mine was Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Sweet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Why were you playing God. Blue Sweet? Hooked Next on a one feeling. was Yellow Submarine by the Beatles. Oh, these and are And then kids. the entire are, album uh, <laughs> of Pet Sounds. Where's and then the Can't Stop That Feeling by D Justin Timberlake. Yeah. That's my top 10. Oh, this is all Hugo songs. And We Found Love with Rihanna and Calvin Harris. He's a big fan of that song. Clearly wow. phasing himself oh, out of Yellow Submarine. And this year was a lot of Uga Shaka, Uga Shaka. <laughs> really. <laughs> huge fan of Play the Uga Shaka song. Oh, my God. Uh, as I look for mine, Noel, you have yours. I don't know how to find my wrapped. It took me a second because now it's not just popping up straight on your Spotify. But this was, this was a big Maggie Rogers year for me. So it was want, want. By Maggie Rogers. I don't even know who Maggie album. Rogers is. Is that the pseudonym for Olivia uh, Rodrigo? Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do I find my 2022 wrapped? It's now it, it is it's too late to be looking for this thing. Oh, here it is. You open your phone, you go to search, Chris Ying. And I'm then at the top like... of it, it says 2022 wrapped. And in oh. order, you'll have your Songs in order in a perfect oh, I playlist. See I see it. I see it. What do you I think it, it is? Um, Little Wayne. I wish it was Little Wayne. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I wish. I was actually thinking about this earlier, Chris. I had a dashboard confessional song stuck in my head, and I feel like you, of all people, oh. would at least relate, and a one Dave Chang would not. <laughs> which uh, which dashboard confessional <laughs> song was it? Uh, Rough Riders by DMX, number one song. <laughs> right, you guys, you guys, you guys forgot that this is the year that the Encanto soundtrack was uh, oh. was big. So it's all the Encanto soundtrack songs 
There's a bunch of songs from some of our dinner party playlists on here. And then a bunch of kids bops. Save Your Tears, Deja Vu. <laughs> Just mostly, <laughs> mostly Disney stuff, though. Oh, and some toots in the Maytals. We've got a lot of toots playing in this house with the kids running around. Man, my my musical listening has just um, it's plunged faster in taste than the stock market has. <laughs> there's, I was gonna or, say, or there's faster like, than cryptocurrency. It's like the FTX of music, musical taste. I was gonna say, there's like not a single song <laughs> on here that I would be like proud to to tell you that is on here. I mean, there there used to be a real exploration of new and interesting things. <laughs> no, it's just Uga Shaka. Uga Shaka. Uga Shaka. Yeah. Dads. I just can't a bunch stop. of dads. By the way, I've been told uh, the uh, Avatar 2 is basically a dad's movie. Oh, no. oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, because Jake Jake Sully has a has a baby with um what's 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 Zoe Zoe Saldana. And Kate Winslet's in it. And Sigourney Weaver plays a, the teen kid or something, right? Something like that. Yeah, she plays the the door that Kate Winslet floats on. <laughs> <laughs> What? Uh, I want to see that movie. I didn't. I know it's been fifty years since Avatar came out, but I'm in. It's a dad. It's a dad. I've been told by numerous people this is a dad's. We may have to do a dad's breakdown of this movie. Okay. Yeah. Does this seem like before she says anything, Chang? Does this seem? Does Avatar two seem like a Noel movie? What would you if she had to rate it one to zero, ten on her desire to see zero, it? Zero, 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 zero chance. Zero, 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 zero. Mm, I would say there's more of a probability that boiling water at a rapid boil will you'll be able to capture it in the moment where there's zero bubbles on the surface. <laughs> All right, there's more of a chance of that happening. Statistically, highly unlikely, but in infinity, there's a chance that that might happen. Right, at, at some frame of a millisecond, that this a surface of boiling water in a pot would be completely still, right? I think underneath her cool exterior, there's a dorky Asian, and I'm going to say no, she's an eight out, eight out of no, 10 on this. No, no Noel would not be caught dead. Eight out of 10, ten desire to see it. Seven Zero. out of 10. Noel. There are fewer movie franchises in the world that anger me as much as Avatar does. I want nothing oh, to do with it's it. I want nothing to do with it. Why are you upset about Avatar? You don't like the, you don't like the environment? You don't like no. Jake Sully? No, Me, Jake Sully. I see, I see you. <laughs> I can't deal with it. It's too much. It's too much money for a mediocre quality product. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to watch it in 3D. What do you got against, against blue people? Discriminatory against blue people. The Navi, the Navi, clearly. What are you against? Get what do you got I against tall Smurfs? I, I, mean, I, I don't know. Noel is basically the colonel in Avatar. He wants to create Navi, Navi genocide. <laughs> yeah. She wants that unobtainium, but she doesn't want these yeah. blue people mm-hmm. running around. Get, no, the fact that you remembered human. unobtainium is unreal. <laughs> you know how many times I saw Avatar like in the theaters? Like it's I've so seen high. it a lot of times. A lot of times. Man, of like times. you are a super nerd. That's I just, know. That's just. I know. I, I mean, can, I'm only a nerd in the specific things, but I could never remember unobtainium. <laughs> it's a good name for an element. I thought it was a good name. Uh, all right, zero out of ten for Noel. Okay. Yeah. The fact Sorry. that you don't know that is shocking to me, Chris. What? That it's just that that she's, think a, she's that, an avatar hater? I had no idea. I thought that she would be into it. You mm-hmm. clearly can't read her. Eh. 
And you I have no idea I just, what. None of that registers okay. you. You don't speak Noel. It's okay. Okay, but so Noel of like the of those franchises of like the dorky franchises, like you said, there are a few that you care about less. Rank the franchises for me. Give me ones that you actually care about. Oh, that I care about, like Harry Potter. Okay, you know everything Marvel. Does that I include the the new? No, it does not include no no magical no, 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 no. mystery beasts no. or whatever. Okay, no no extra beasts. No no no. Is Just Grace into those? OG Harry Potter. Does she like the? Fan, fan, what is it called? Fuck. Fantastic fan, Beasts? Grindelwald. Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Because she's a huge Potter fan, right? Is she into those? Uh, yeah, I've taught her everything I know about Potter. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> All right, so Harry Potter, what, where are you on Marvel stuff? Oh, hi. Yeah. Like, it's basically a very close second, only because they don't hold as much of, like, a childhood memory like to Marvel, me as much as Harry Potter. Marvel is, is at the precipice of, of uh, imploding. Feels yeah. like it feels dicey. There's feels so dicey. many stories. Like, how do you, at least with something like Harry Potter, it's going to be a linear thing. He's going to be able to read the books. Then, when he's old enough, he can watch the movies, which may take some time because Chris, ever since every day, he tells me, Appa, I never want to go back to Disneyland. Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so scary. Musua, it's too Musua. It's like, oh. you know, he said that's like too scary in Korean. So I think watching Harry Potter is many years away. Um, yeah. But if we start to watch things like the Avengers and just the Marvel Cinematic Universe, number one, that's like 140 hours, I would say, of content. Maybe yeah. more. It's probably like 300 hours of content. You're looking at eight straight weeks of <laughs> how, how do you do that? And there's so many references. You know, it's, 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 it's just too much. So how, I don't know That's what the funny thing. Like, do you think, okay, let's say like Hugo is 10 years old and getting into Marvel stuff. Do you think that, I mean, that's the thing. We all were here when Marvel stuff started, right? Like we were, we all like into it because we saw the very first Iron Man all the way until whatever the most recent stuff. I collected stuff. the comic books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, so did I, bro. Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying we the the cinematic universe unfolded in front of us. Does Hugo go back and be like, oh, there was this movie and no, because you know what's gonna happen by the time that happens is there's going to be a new redone. But I think we're headed towards a phase where everything gets redone all over again. Well, that's what they feel like they're setting up with this yeah. multiverse, yeah, right? And they're Just gonna build Iron it in, Man. they're gonna yeah. build it in and like Everything gets redone and the world gets smaller all over again. It's just a it's it's a little bit like the Matrix storyline where it gets reset. I think yeah. they're gonna have to build that in. I feel that way too. Because how do you explain it to a kid? You can't. They gotta bring it back down to like one simple storyline all over again. I feel like what's gonna be I think not for Hugo, for me. <laughs> I was gonna say Dave is the one who needs it, right? The first like 30 movies just being about like chasing these jewels. <laughs> made a lot of sense for us just like you got to get the jewels okay i, get I don't it. understand the multiverse <laughs> i barely understand the cloud oh my god uh. so what's what's your number what's your number one i think this is going to be a cultural thing uh year end what's your series of the year tv series of the year mm. i have mine screaming number one and or without without a doubt and or oh so good I haven't watched it yet. Huh. I think Andor is the best TV series of the year. And I'm not just saying that because I like Star Wars. I think it was incredibly smart, well done. And it takes away from the narrative of the traditional Star Wars universe. It's awesome. 
Uh, I have been without a TV for four months, so I have not watched very many series. Uh, so, Noel, <laughs> you, you you do this as I scroll through my my phone to see what I've actually been watching. Um, I don't know. I, is it too lame to say that it really was still White Lotus for me? It I, it's just such a great it's a great show overall. I can't get I can't get into White Lotus. Oh, interesting. It hurts, it hurts to watch. It hurts I, real bad. I mean, I can I see. I can understand it. it. I I understand why you might not like it. But <laughs> I mean, Grace loves it. I, I just why why would I not like White Lotus? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm curious to hear to her answer because yeah. I feel like that was like very a lot of shade thrown in your direction. No. Just like I can see how a show lampooning you would be upsetting <laughs> to you to watch. <laughs> I think it's just too many layers of like, well, the entire setup of like this is all based off of like you know different things so first money and then sex and it just being like the hyper wait ultimately so hyper they're making specific. so white lotus is making the connection that money and sex are interconnected <laughs> no every season is about a topic <laughs> as i watched um, the first episode of the first season of white lotus i was literally i had my laptop in my lap literally debating whether or not to book a hotel room that had a plunge pool or not. <laughs> and I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> I can't watch this series. I can't watch this series. I think it's just like too much satire in one for Dave. That's a, that's honestly what it boils down to. Mm, I'll it's make sure to never, I'll, I'll make sure to never watch White Lotus. That's not going to be a problem. <laughs> which, is, which is crazy. Cause like Bill Simmons won't shut up about White Lotus. Can I just make a statement about this? I feel like white people love White Lotus way more than anybody else. <laughs> hmm. I think. I, think you're I mean, right. that's that's generally true. I would say <laughs> of the people that I know that white like White Lotus. White gluttons for punishment. Is White Lotus the filet mignon of TV? Mm, I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's it. Or is it? Is it? Is it more of a a beef Wellington? No, it's like right. It's cooking by numbers, and it looks like it's awesome, but it's enough of an intriguing thing that mm. people are like, oh, this is amazing. It's like, to me, it's like the giant pickle they served at Disneyland. <laughs> Just like, I can't believe you guys are into this. I mean, you know, we had that actor on the on the Hulu show that we were filming, and I was the only person, and they were on White Lotus. Yes. And I felt like the biggest asshole because it was the only person in the room that had never seen White Lotus. <laughs> and I was, it, it was like uh-huh. trying to, uh, it was reminding me of what it was like to be in class when uh, you didn't read any of the assignment and you're, you get called on and you're trying to like soak in just enough information from the class to be able to say something. <laughs> Just that based makes on it all seem you know, like yeah. the title. So you're like, I really appreciated how white the lotuses were at the end of the series. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what was happening. I, I found out from that conversation that someone died and it's like a murder mystery who done it, basically. Yeah. Both seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been, I haven't, I haven't been on top of my my TV watching. I started watching Wednesday on Netflix. Great show. I'm no. Into it. Why, into Wednesday? Why, why? No, it's scary Wednesday? to me. It's just like oh. it's just it's just Hogwarts again, man. Yeah. No, I don't, no, I'm not watching it. it seems too scary. <laughs> I, I wonder where Hugo gets <sighs> this. <laughs> <laughs> huh? 
Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Uh, I wanted to give you guys my uh, top 10 new restaurants of 2023. Of Number 2023. Yeah. Oh, look at this guy. Let's hear it. The Mindful okay. Kitchen in Los Angeles. The Forking Path in New York, New York. Urban Forge in Chicago, Illinois. Number four, The Naturalist in San Francisco. What Five, The Crafty Table in Dallas. Six, The Epicureans in Washington, D.C. Seven, The Local Fair. Eight, The Farmer's Garden in Miami, Florida. Nine, coming in nine, The Artisanal Kitchen. And ten, The Sustainable plate in Seattle. This is one hundred percent a list of restaurants generated by Chat GPT. Just hundred percent just generated by Chat GPT. Professor, I don't know what you're talking about. I read the book. <laughs> what is the and prompt? This is my gave, paper. What is the prompt you gave the robot? Uh um I, I did not use the robot. I was looking to the crystal ball. I went to the, I I followed the Marvel Cinematic Universe multiverse, okay. and I was able to go to the quantum realm and figure out what the best okay. new restaurants in 2023 were going to be. And I'm quite excited about the Epicureans. By the way, great <laughs> for a restaurant. Where, remind me where the artisanal also, kitchen the is. Also, the naturalist. Like the fact that we haven't had a name for a restaurant called the naturalist. Yeah. The 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 fucking insane thing is that these are all names that will be restaurant names at some point. Oh, I'm sure some of them already. are. I'm sure, isn't the, the artisanal kitchen has to be a restaurant somewhere. Local fair clearly is, there's probably a local fair in, you know, 64 cities in There's America an artisan already. kitchen in Richmond, California. What was it? Local fair? Local fair. The Forking Path. <laughs> that's terrible. That's Urban terrible. Forage. That, that's, that's a good one. I do like The Naturalist. That seems... The fact that they have the name The Naturalist in San Francisco proper is fucking hilarious to me because... <laughs> they know. that That is an SF name if there ever was an SF name for a restaurant. Urban Forage is a restaurant in Victoria, BC. FYI. Some of these are real. <laughs> some, some, of these, some of these restaurants are in the uncanny valley already. <laughs> like These exist both in chat, GPT, and in real life. Those are your top 10 restaurants. That's it. That's my top 10 restaurants for 2023 coming up. (laughs) And um, you can hold me to it, but I feel that this is going to be an accurate list. And um, it's going to be like one of those things where on Twitter, somebody made a prediction in in like 2004 and they pull it up 10 years later 
and this is what happened. So this is this is what's going to become a viral sensation. This list is the future. Mm-hmm. Restaurant Nostradamus here has predicted yeah. the forking path in what city? That would be a good bit for us in general, Chris, is Restaurant, restaurant Nostradamus. Nostradamus. <laughs> All right. What's your Restaurant Nostradamus prediction? What's my Restaurant Nostradamus prediction for 2023? Um, I think <laughs> a restaurant that is entirely located on a sidewalk with no indoor <laughs> component to the restaurant will be <laughs> the restaurant of 2023 kitchen, dishwash station, everything entirely sidewalk based restaurants. That's 2023 for you as the next variant takes hold. And Noel, what's your Nostradamus prediction? More and more soft serve, <laughs> soft serve everywhere. <laughs> I mean, why I gotta, I gotta, that's, I gotta, that's gonna come true for sure, is why I'm laughing. That's a Here's another real. hot take. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. There's gonna be more middle high to high end Italian restaurants opening up all across America. Way to go out on a limb there, mm. Chick. <laughs> go out on a limb. More mm. Italian American food coming your way. <laughs> With pasta that's made by grains that they had just milled. Yes. Freshly milled grains, handmade pasta coming at you in 2023. <laughs> it's like that, uh, it's like that Portlandia sketch where it's like the dream of the 1890s still alive. So this is like a general, like a genuine Nostradamus prediction. And whether it happens this year, it will, I will bet one of my kidneys that this is going to happen in the next 12 to 24 months. Doroyaki is going to become a thing on menus around America. Uh, and explain doriyaki for those who are uninitiated. Doriyaki is a classic Japanese dessert uh, package thing where it's basically a very old vibe. Oh, it's basically a pancake stuffed with azuki beans, which is not nice. But there are some <laughs> variations that have um, pastry cream. Uh, Moon Palace has made some beautiful ones that we call moon pies that we would dip in chocolate. And then um, I think that this is going to be the year where you're going to see not just doroyaki as a dessert, because there's going to be different ways you can fill shit in into the two kinds of pancakes. Um, it's it's like an egg, a little bit of sugar, flour. It's a It's a pretty easy batter. It's a very thick, light pancake batter. But I feel like it's going to be an application for caviar and savory foods, savory fillings. I think you're going to see that hitting menus. Feel pretty like, describe the describe the feeling. I mean, so because I, I, I when you when you we started talking about this a couple of weeks ago, like it instantly when you said it, I was like, oh yeah, for sure. But like, why is it? What is it you see about like dorayaki that says to you, oh, this will be everywhere? Let me just wait. Let me just uh, hear what ChatGPT has to say about this. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, I can't um, believe we have another co-host on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you look at the things that are being mined, right, there's only so many things left. In terms of food ideas, it's a little bit like natural resources. There's only so many things that are going to happen, right? It's almost like, okay, like TV screens aren't going to get smaller. They're going to get thinner and bigger, right? Shit like that. Computers are going to get faster and smaller and shit like that. You just sort of have an assumption that things in food are going to get mined to a point where you're going to look back at things and be like, oh, yeah, I can't believe that didn't hit before. Like, of course, that should have happened. 
And I think it's a real reason. Well, number one, I think Japan this year, because the yen is so much cheaper to the dollar, more and more people that have never been to Japan are going to Japan because it's a tourist delight right now because of the strength of the dollar. Because I feel this is the first time in a long time that restaurants in Japan in general are like, give us Americans, <laughs> give us people that we were normally shunning um, because they've been closed for so long. And I feel like it's just a smorgasbord of buffet. Like people are going there that I know that are just eating their faces off at the best restaurants. I don't know how long that's going to last, but I think it's happening. So more and more people are visiting Japan, going to restaurants that were probably closed off to them or they weren't able to get reservations. Two, you're seeing more things happen that are delicious in Asia that may not be familiar to a Western audience. And when people travel and when people start screwing around things and when you start seeing things on social media, it just sort of becomes a like a pattern that you can predict. And that's what I think is going to happen. I think if you're a chef or restaurateur, you're going to look at something that's easy to make, that doesn't take a lot of mise en place, that has a high return on uh, value for both the, the production of it and for the consumer, because you can sandbag them, you can make them a la minute, and you can have the optionality to stuff it with basically just about anything. Uh, as long as it sort of sticks together, you need something sticky to keep the pancake thing together. So I think you're going to see a lot of versions of this. I could be totally wrong. I mean, I, I think it's like unknown to audiences, but like totally familiar at the same time, right? It's like brown and fluffy pancake sandwich. Yeah, I think a lot of people might have had it in Japan, and there's some versions throughout Asia. They may have tasted it, but they're like, eh. But those are the kinds of ideas that have not sort of reached critical mass or even like fluency that are the perfect candidates to like take a big bet on that will become something huge. It's like birria tacos came out of nowhere, right? right? Not that it came out of nowhere, but in, a, in like, it was like a perfect yeah. storm for it to be like, oh, this is the thing that is going to, be. and like before that, it was like before the pandemic, like everyone was making like uh, Zug. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just I feel things like that you're like, oh. I feel like I've seen tons of taiyaki everywhere, but I don't think that that has the legs for full penetration. <laughs> the reason why taiyaki no. is not going to happen is because it's croissant and you need puff pastry. It takes a lot of like equipment. You need uh, that fish iron. And if you don't know what taiyaki is, it's, it's traditionally still filled with azuki bean and it doesn't always have to be in uh, the uh, croissant uh, dough. It can be something that's a little bit more like wafer-ish. But that hasn't really caught on yet because I think it's more difficult to make. You know, it's what also I mean, too specific, right? Yeah, it's it's more difficult to make for sure. It's also like this specific thing of like, why am I eating this fish shaped pastry as opposed to like, it's a pancake sandwich. Everyone will. Grok and the, that the reason instantly. why dorayaki I think is going to work uh, and become a viral thing is it's extremely pleasant to look at when done well. When you yeah, cut it beautiful. in half, it's very very. Uh, social media savvy. It is telegenic. Mm. See, here's here's my challenge to you, though. I still feel like Doriaki needs one more step. Is it that it's extra fluffy when it's broken apart? What is the filling that goes along with it? Because the thing that worked for Birria Tacos is the idea of like the dipping and then the cheese pull with it, too. And with Doriaki, you're still getting kind of a one. It looks nice, but I'm trying to imagine the TikTok around it. I'm trying to imagine, like, what is the action? What's the jiggly? Is it jiggling the way that, like, Japanese I, I think it's cheesecakes the, will? I think it's the, what Chang just said. I think it's the, I think it's the slice in half cross-section reveal. 
of like here are my and, four and layers. The, and the, perfect. Like a... the, 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 the also if you make doriyaki, the steps are all things that can be done and understood in under thirty seconds in a visual way. Mm. It's it's a very step by step. There's there's like five steps really, right? Mixing ingredients, you make the make the dough, you make the filling, you assemble it, and then you have the payoff where you cut it in half, right? If if I was a betting man, which I am, if this was an odds, if this was like a, you know, betting on somebody winning MVP or something before a sports season starts, this would be my big bet. But basically, I mean, yes, I mean, I agree with that. But basically, you have. Uh, declared a high school student in Japan is going to become the NFL MVP next season, which is like an impressive, impressive bet. You're getting well, good odds no, on it's, that. It's a like in sports. There's a couple Japanese players that just had the sort of transaction fee paid to go to the major leagues. It's like, I bet this guy Otani is going to become MVP. <laughs> I bet Otani's MVP. Yeah. That's and when it bet. happens, everybody, you heard it here first. <laughs> And the reason why I'm going to be correct is ChatGPT just doesn't let you down. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast presented by Rehoboam. <laughs> I wish that was true. What's your biggest gripe that you hope changes in 2023? Oh, my biggest gripe. Pet peeve. I and I, I, I happened because I just got back from the airport yesterday. What are those escalators called at airport? Uh, the walking, walkalators, the walkalators. Yeah, and you know what? I had, a, I had an. Yeah, when well, you just like it's the one where Puff Daddy started dancing in that song. <laughs> and, I, and and I'll be missing you. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Is We're doing that dance. Yeah, 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 and this yeah, is yeah. in Chicago airport. That kind of shit. It's a rolling, you know, yeah. where it's in every airport for the most part, right? Yeah. I don't know what the fuck is happening, and I think. COVID brain for a lot of people. What the fuck is going on? Because it was always a dicey issue to begin with. But now I feel like we've reached a point for me where it seems natural. You stand on the right-hand side if you don't want to walk. Yes, this is how humans operate. Yes. Now, I don't know what the fuck's going on. People just standing in the middle or on the left side or just blocking it all together. I find that to be extremely <laughs> problematic. And this is a PSA. This is a new bit. PSA. We should find the ability, right? If that happened in, a, if you're driving, when someone doesn't walk, it's a gently beep, beep, get the fuck moving. It's a green light. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right? <laughs> beep, beep, get the fuck moving. Hey, like, I'm not being a jerk. How else am I supposed to let you know that you're being a fucking asshole, right? You've just stopped. And now I'm not going to make the fucking left turn on the yellow light type of shit because you're a fucking asshole. Is this your Shark Tank pitch for a pedestrian car horn? No, <laughs> I want to know what people in how, life. How, how, I want us to encourage us to have the ability to tell that person, get the fuck out of the way. Like, just can I say that? Hey, get the fuck out of the way. Just hey, gently. what are you doing? Are you so fucking lazy that you can't walk? <laughs> you know, like, do you need a segue? You know, I'm taking people that are uh, disabled or too old or they're injured, like healthy beings mm -hmm. that are just clogging these fucking walkways. I think they're a scourge on the planet and they need to be told somehow to get a beep beep. I agree that like the, the fact that they're, when they're standing on the left side. What the I'm fuck? just like, what is your problem? This is so rude. And even and they're not European. I can understand a European. <laughs> European. I get it. 
And when I go to fucking London, I almost I almost die every time because it takes me like three weeks to recalibrate mm-hmm. on the wrong side of the road. I get it. But no. if you're American and you're healthy, able-bodied, I think it's one of the most selfish acts you could possibly do. <laughs> but then let me ask you this. Why get on the walk later to begin with if you're just going to keep going? Because and you know that people are going to do I, that. I got on the same time. Yes. <laughs> I need to save. If you if you do it, I've calculated this. I think you can save about 15 seconds per like 100 feet of walkway. Do you not and understand? If, if do you there not understand? are no people blocking. This is like any given Sunday. It's those inches <laughs> of time. When you when add them all up, that's the fucking difference between winning and fucking losing. And that's the difference between making your plane or not. You don't understand the appeal, Noel, to big boy Asians of moving at running speed while walking. <laughs> this is one of the greatest gifts I am fucking can moving. Receive. I don't have time to, to be like, to stop my momentum. I'm like a juggernaut. Once I get moving and I got to get to my fucking flight, like I need, we just need an HOV lane. Like, you don't no. fucking go slow on an HOV lane. You fucking move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is the social protocol? How are you supposed to tell somebody? Because you, here's the thing. <laughs> if you say something, you're the fucking asshole. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a perfect, there's already an, there's already like a standard. There's like a diagram move for this. It's called, yeah. it's, it's called the aggressive. Excuse me. <laughs> where You're saying, excuse me with the tone of fuck you. That's how you get around these mm-hmm. people. I, I don't excuse think it, me. I don't think it works. I want to get into the mindset, right? A little bit like um, Mind Hunter, right? I want a TV series that gets in the minds of individuals that decide not to serial killer psychopaths, <laughs> but maybe they're psychopaths in their own right. Just, what what if they like, are serial killers? What yeah. if they are just like, I'm fucking this guy behind me right now? You know? Something is going through their brains to basically be like, no, I'm just going to clog the fucking lane. Uh, I have. This is my I, PSA. I do have a gripe that I hope will be resolved in 23 for me, and it's very specific. I can't tell you the number of times in my life as a big, big boy Asian that I have been called by very seldom, if ever, I would say never by Asian people, but primarily by white people referring to me as a panda. And I find that it finally mm. occurred to me in 2022 that people calling me a panda is so fucking racist and annoying. Like, I just never want to be referred to as a panda again in 23. This is my gripe. Don't call me a fucking panda anymore. But you look wow. like a panda. Right. <laughs> oh, God. I can't just call you oh, yin, yin, Yingling. Oh, no. But this is what I'm saying. It's like Asian or, people or, aren't or, the ones or, doing it. Or, or, or like, a, what's that? Tekken. Kuma. Kuma wins. Kuma's a badass. Kuma's a panda wins. There's panda too. Panda panda wins. (laughs) I mean, they're not calling me a fighting Tekken panda. They're just calling me a cuddly, fat, lazy, unable to breed panda. (laughs) Pandas. Pandas are the incels of the bear community. (laughs) Noel, what's what's your gripe? My gripe is extraneous Microsoft Word attachments. No more, please. <laughs> PDFs only. You know what? Or that's a good give one. Give me a shared what, link. What the Don't fuck give me a is Microsoft. up with people that are like, yeah, you got to print this out? No. Put it as a Mm-mm. PDF at the PDF. very least. Mm-hmm. And then, and, 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 like, how hard is that? Actually, I have no idea how to turn something into PDF. I, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dave actually, Dave actually but, uh, just sends all of his texts and emails as Word documents that he writes <laughs> and that just sends to us as attachments. He doesn't know how to type in the in the body of the email. Yeah, PDFs only in in twenty three. Mm-hmm. It's twenty twenty three. Jesus, gross, gross. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you. Um, if you're going to listen to this today, it's still not yet Christmas. Uh, we have part two coming out. 26 is a, is a Monday. It'll, the, the second part uh, will come out then. But give us five stars, however you rate this. And uh, happy holidays, everybody. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.